Okay. Okay. There we go. There we go. First, the first episode starting. Episode one. No. Okay. So, I guess intros. Um. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, for anyone wondering. This is a podcast where we kind of go not necessarily in depth, but we talk about the individual albums of Coheed and Cambry and really just random stuff, random stuff. Like we're both huge fans of Coheed. We just saw them uh, last week. Uh, I said, that's what's up. Yeah. (laughs) Um, We've been meaning to start this podcast for some time now, but with everything in our lives, it's a little bit tough, but we finally got the time to do it. And uh, here we are. Going on. <laughs> tropical, tropical depression. Storm. Yeah. Tropical, <laughs> tropical storm. Yeah. Um, First one. So this episode is called Coheed is Life because yes. it fucking is. Yes. Coheed is Life. All right. I guess we would, we both have tattoos of them. Well, yeah. Yeah. You have a lyric. I have the key work. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Um, so how do you want to start this? I guess. So let's start with first question we talked about. I can't read my own handwriting. Um, so what has Coheed meant to you in your life? What's your, like... Coheed headspace. Um, for me, Coheed is they've evolved way past being a favorite band, I would say. I'd safely say actually. Um for me, like my top three is Metallica, Coheed, and Avenged Apple. Lately it's been Coheed and Metallica that has like taken over most of my musical intake. But those two bands have elevated far beyond what this song is great or this album is good. It's more of like a internal thing now. Like it's part of my life. It's something that I can put on and just slip away or hear a certain song and it takes me back to way back when. Or the first time that I experienced Coheed like what, like that song, if I listen to that, it takes me back to when I first experienced Claudio's voice. So for me, Coheed is, it's like a safe space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that it's kind of like it's intertwined in your life, like it's a thread yeah. weaved into your life at this point because mm-hmm. you've been a fan for so long. Yeah, I definitely feel like that too. <clears throat> Um, I think for me, like totally what you just said, but also I think it's kind of like when I'm not feeling like myself, um, I usually like go back to Coheed. I mean, you know, of course, like when you're having a bad day or like whatever, you just want to rock out. But also I think it just brings me back to like who I am. Um, so I kind of use it as that too. Like when I have a lot going on and I'm just feeling kind of lost or like my mouth, my mind is clouded. 
I go back to like the roots, yeah. go back to Coheed, yeah. go back to the OG stuff. Yeah, definitely for sure. It's uh, it definitely helps with in a way a reset mm-hmm. where you can. Because it's very easy to get caught up in work, trying to have a social life, trying to survive a pandemic, mm-hmm. and just having all that just thrown at you every single day for the foreseeable future. And having that ability or having that like a small thing to really kind of set you back or like take you back and really just help you reset, decompress, just forget about everything. The way like music used to be back then, before it was streamed, before it was just mass distributed the way it is now. Like you used to go to a record store, buy the record, go home, listen to it, throw the headphones on, and you just slip away. Mm-hmm. Like people, I feel like that aspect of music is kind of lost now. I mean, there are people that still appreciate the music for what it is, but to actually like sit down and do absolutely nothing and listen to an album. I know very few people that are even able to listen to half an album, let alone the full album. Or a full song even. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. Like that experience of like the whole album experience from like start to finish. Um, I think, yeah, I remember like being a teenager, being a kid and like laying in bed and being like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Yeah. Like track one <laughs> and like listening to the whole thing and kind of putting yourself in the shoes of the, the you know, the songwriter. Yeah. And and just experiencing whatever you know they were experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't do that anymore, or at least most people don't. Yeah, because for me, my musical, like my personal personal musical intake, really started around the when I was around 13, 14 years old. That's when like I really started to pay attention to certain bands or seek out certain artists because before that it was like i just listened to whatever my parents had on the radio or whatever my brothers were listening to on their radios or tv and uh around that time i felt like i was really starting to discover what i was really into musically and once i started to really pay attention to the artists and not just the song I felt like that's when music really became a huge part of my life. Not just something that I listened to, but something that like I needed. Like even now, like I can't go a single day without listening to a couple songs or even one song. Mm-hmm. And I wake up my day with a John Mayer song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel that. Um, it's it's like almost your like your soundtrack. Yeah. Soundtrack of your life. It's like like in a movie where there's a certain theme, a certain feel to the to the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's how Coheed is right now for me. Like I'm in this part of the of my life. You know? Mm-hmm. So <laughs> um okay, so What's your favorite Coheed song? 
I would definitely say in keeping secrets. That that one, no matter how many times I listen to it, no matter how many times like I've listened to the album, like the song and the album are my my favorite of theirs. But the song itself is just the way it's structured, the way it's played, the way he is able to play such intricate progressive pieces and still sing, but not only sing, enunciate the way only Claudio Sanchez does. It's so refreshing and really exhilarating uh, having some, having, well, being able to listen to something like that. Because mm-hmm. the whole album itself is great, but I feel like that specific song stands out from the rest because of how powerful it is. Yeah. Like it starts off very just, you think mellow, but even that is like those few opening notes, the way mm-hmm. it's played, it like it draws you in. Yeah, that song, it it, it really is like, like it caught like lightning in a bottle like that's mm-hmm. something so it's so special I always wonder if like when you was writing it it was just like you know when you know you're onto something good yeah. and you're just like oh this is fucking good yeah. like I just know it um that's how I feel every time I hear the song I, I mm-hmm. like every single time I'm like oh here it comes yeah. like it's so good and the fact that they opened with it uh, the show that they played here mm-hmm was just that was crazy because i've only seen them three times including this last time and they've always saved it for later in the show because it's a very crowd involved everybody's waiting for it yeah everybody waits for it and the fact that they opened with it it was just like all right these guys are wearing for a fucking show yeah 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 that's, it's like what I what I told you after the show. Like they used to kind of like save the best for last, and when they started with it, it's like everything's best. Yeah. <laughs> like everything is gonna be good. Cause that was wild. Yeah, because they also have like a good a good catalog. I would say from debuting mm-hmm. back in two thousand two to now, they have nine main albums, mm-hmm. or is it eight main albums? I think it's eight plus the one. Nine, right? Yeah, yeah. Eight main albums for the the Emory Awards. Oh, and then colors. And then colors. Yeah. Um. Yeah, but like having ten or nine albums in total. Mm -hmm. Can't can't count today apparently. It's (laughs) like having nine albums in total. It's. It means that to me, it, it means that they really value the quality over quantity. Because mm-hmm. there's a couple of bands that from back then, like around the same time frame, that have a few more albums in them, but the substance is a little eh. Mm-hmm. Not to say that like every Coheed album is a huge hit. I guess Rainbow would be Rainbow. <laughs> um, but being, being in the genre that they're in, the position that they're in, because they're not selling out arenas or stadiums, but you put them in a venue like uh, House of Blues, uh, any sort of amphitheater, 
they sell out quick. Mm -hmm. So they're like in that sweet spot of not huge major success, but they're also not indie either. No, not even close. Yeah. It's just one of those bands that are like in that weird place of they're not mainstream, but everybody's heard of them. But I feel like that's sort what of. makes their music so good. Yeah. Because they didn't go that route. Mm-hmm. Like some uh, like bands from that same time period or 2002 that started off with a couple good albums. Then they signed to a major record label skyrocketed in fame and success and where are they now so like yeah i feel that the way they went about their career and really focused on the fact that claudio's story the amory wars is the main drive or the main influence of their music i feel like not many labels would want to really touch that like, we have a concept album based off of your comic book. Like, I just don't really see, like, where we can revenue from that. Yeah. But being a little bit more smaller scale, I feel it gives them a little bit more creativity or, like, freedom of creativity that way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, I don't know because it's whatever, yeah. like, whatever happens in, in those uh, rooms where they sign the contracts and all that stuff, like, that's between them. But I feel like if they would have gotten major success early, we wouldn't have masterpieces like mm. Welcome Home yeah. or In Keeping Secrets or even the Aftermath novels. Yeah. Also, like, I think Coheed is just one of those bands that I think still, like, goes over people's heads. Oh, like, yeah, it's sure. so, their music is so complex. It has so many just good layers of, like, you know, it's the concept and the comic books and like, you know, Claudio's voice is unique and also like the incredible technicality of like everything that they, every single song, um, you know, the, the sound itself is so layered. It's like so many things that they're, that they absolutely excel at. I think like a lot of people just don't know what to do with that. They're just like, you know, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, like they're rock or whatever. Claudio's voice is like, you know, either people love it or they hate it. Mm-hmm. But it's like I rarely only like diehard Coheed fans are like, oh, it's like and they, they can talk about every single layer of their music. Yeah. Everybody else is just kind of like they don't get it. Yeah. Like I've, um, I know people that listen to Tool and their <laughs> stuff is already out there. Yeah. And they don't really see the appeal to, to Coheed. And I was like, okay, well, I, I get it. His his voice can be off-putting if you're not used to something like that. The source material, if you, it's very easy to feel left out because you don't know the story. But mm. I feel like that's the cool thing about Coheed is that whether you know the story or not, the songs are fucking amazing. Yeah. Like you can listen to everything evil and know the story of what's going on behind it or just know the song for what it is either way you go you come out with something amazing Mm. like you can listen to the song and just be enveloped by how it's how it's made the structure and just really appreciate it for the song that it is or if you know the story you know 
the little pieces of the story that are sewn into the song. And I don't know the story completely, but I know enough that with that song, I can picture the scenes in, from the book, um, what he's saying and what he's trying to represent. Mm-hmm. So in that aspect, Coheed is, if you're willing to listen to something a little bit not the norm, because Second Stage Servant Blade, great debut album, but it's definitely like rough around the edges. They weren't polished for sure. Yeah. Um, but it's still a great album. And very rarely is anybody's like debut album like their go-to. Mm. There's very I, I feel there's very few bands that even reflect who they were on that debut album of theirs. Like you look at Metallica and like you you listen to their current album, you listen to Kill 'em All from eighty one. Yeah. Like polar opposites. Granted mm. they were kids back then and quality production was shit. But it's the feel, the vibe. Like you listen to Second Stage and you listen to Vaxis. Mm-hmm. Polar opposites. Yeah. I mean, definitely still Coheed. Like oh, for it's sure. They've never, I think, strayed that far from where they started, but obviously it's it's gotten so much more complex mm-hmm. and almost like I think with a lot of stuff that like writing or art, like you the more complex you get, it's almost like at the same time you are like stripping back layers. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of their later stuff is like that. It's like better, but also a little bit more simplistic almost than like second stage or, you know, whatever, like the stuff that they started out with. Um, I also think like I can totally relate, like as a writer, when I first started writing, I was kind of detached from my characters as far as like, oh, this is a story. This is me. We don't really have like, you know, one thing doesn't have to do with the other. But I think as I've matured as a writer, I've realized that like there's a bigger picture in my story within my own characters and like whatever narrative or whatever's going on in that scene. Mm -hmm. There's like a bigger, deeper story. And I think that Coheed's writing has also kind of reflected that. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, you look at, you start with the beginning with Second Stage, and immediately their second album, there's such a huge uh, upgrade in not only production and quality, but just the substance itself. It's still very much Coheed. Yeah. Um, I feel that that's the album that really encompasses what Coheed and Cambria is. But the the way that he writes his lyrics, the way that he pronounces the words and the flows of, of the lyrics, yeah. like it's so much more sophisticated than the previous album. Mm-hmm. And I feel like each of the albums are like that, whether it's in the delivery of the words the theme of the of the album or just the overall structure, the way the music is composed, it all just goes up. Mm-hmm. At least I feel, in my opinion. Because so far, Vaxis has definitely been their most complex album. 
as far as like the source material because there's very little known about it. Mm -hmm. Claudio hasn't really put out a whole lot of information. Um, so like the source material, the way that it's uh, put together, the, the story behind it, mm -hmm. the way that the album itself, like when I first heard it, I'm not gonna lie, it was, it was a little bit harder for me to digest, but I feel be, that I wasn't really at the right mindset to really appreciate it. Yeah, that's kind of a weird thing. It's like, I, I, I agree with you. And it happened with like Ascension and Dissension. Mm -hmm. um, and then like when Heavenly Creatures came out, even with like shoulders recently, like the first time I hear it, I, I don't like, it's like almost like my expectations are so high for them. Yeah. But at the same time, um, like after I listened to it a couple times, I'm like, oh my God, this is so fucking good. Like this couldn't be better. Yeah. But yeah, for some reason, like the first time I hear a lot of like their new stuff, um, I'm just kind of like, ah, what else are, what's next? Like, what else are they? Like, is their next single going to be better than this one? Like, yeah. you know, like my expectations are always like up there. Also, I feel that because we're older than when we first like let's say heard the aftermath that came out 2013 i was just out of high school like barely a year out of high school i wasn't doing anything but playing xbox and working yeah like not even like a, a full-time nine-to-five job so like, i spent a lot of time at home so i had more time to really enjoy the music and consume it the way it was meant to be mm -hmm. but now like when when i'm uh vaxxas came out i was i had a full-time nine to five job nine to seven sometimes um so i don't, just didn't really have the time to sit down and really just lose myself in an album the way i was i was able to back then but now that I'm able to either listen to it in, in the car going to work, like, yeah, it's not in its most purest form because you're focusing on other stuff. You don't get to hear the little sound effects that they put in there, um, the special effects that the album has throughout the whole album, actually. Um, and really just like the the weight of the words that he says mm -hmm. like in the yeah. beginning when he when he's softly talking and bringing introducing the album like sitting down closing your eyes and you hear him talk it's so powerful but you listen to it in yeah. the car and it's just like mm. yeah it's still good but it doesn't it doesn't give me goosebumps like when i'm have the headphones on laying down and I start that album and like, and it starts and the way that his voice sounds, the way that he, he says the words, it's just like, yeah. Yeah, gives me chills. Yeah. yeah, no, it's the experience makes it mm -hmm. better. Yeah, I totally get what you're saying. Even like when we listen to stuff, we're like, you know, just hanging out or whatever. And we're like, well, is this Nicole? Like, let's jam. Yeah. 
just because it's like that's the experience like that's what we're doing yeah. uh we're not like you know i'm not like washing dishes while i'm listening to coheed or yeah. like whatever driving like stuck in traffic while i'm listening. like just because that is the whole experience are you trying to read my handwriting <laughs> don't even try uh yeah so i lost my train of thought thanks now this one next question uh that says you really can't read that i i tried favorite album favorite album oh um yeah favorite album for sure uh secrets mm. and keeping secrets so silent yeah these titles are are insane that's not even like the craziest one um yeah secrets for me that's the one that really got me hooked um my old bandmates uh from several years ago they were the ones who really got me into coheed and it was they always told me that like yeah his voice is different but you got to listen to it for the music and not for any one specific thing mm -hmm. um so okay like being a, a musician i can I can go into a song and appreciate it for what it has to offer, as opposed to like how the guy's voice sounds or what have you. Yeah. I didn't even, <laughs> I didn't even like when I started listening to Coheed, I didn't even think about Claudio's voice being weird. <laughs> like it wasn't until like people, you know, I was like obsessed with it and just like would tell anybody that I knew. And they were like, oh, I really like his voice. And I'm like, what? Well, cause like, the same thing for Frank Steppenfold. Like, I love them, yeah. but some people can't stand his voice because it sounds very nasally. Like, yeah. I can hear it, but to me, like, it doesn't it doesn't bother me. There are songs where, like, he doesn't utilize it in the best mm -hmm. way, but it's still not going to deter me from listening to them. They're still in my top three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't really, I can't, I can't listen to music that way either, just, like, focusing on one thing um you know like smashing pumpkins like a lot of people don't like billy yeah. corgan's voice and just yeah. like that's like one part of their sound mm -hmm. but it's not everything yeah but um secrets as a whole like i said before it's the album that really encompasses what coheed and cambria is it deals with the the story at mm -hmm. hand of the amory Awards. it has amazing compositions the song structures the lyrics uh the instruments like it's just so very prog rock but in a way that's not so obnoxious because you know sometimes people try to be as progressive as possible to try to either be flashy or just try to overcompensate for either lack of lyrics mm. or lack of talent so, so where they kind of throw in these little fills here and there. And being progressive, you definitely have the, the platform for that. But I feel that it's very easy to focus on that and not the subject at hand, mm -hmm. whether it's about a comic book or not. But um, Secrets, as an album, I feel, does that very does that very well yeah it also just checks all of the boxes of a really good album like 
every every part is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the lyrics and just everything is so thoughtful. Mm-hmm. And the album itself is so like sonically cohesive. Yeah. I think maybe their most like cohesive album. Yeah. Out of all of them. Like I was trying to think. Because it, it flows very yeah. well from start to finish. Even that little melodic intro mm-hmm. uh, all the way up to 2113, uh, the last song on the album. It, it's very easy to listen to and continue on through. Yeah, for some reason it feels like the most artistic mm-hmm. album yeah. for, to me. Yeah. Um, I think the only one that, that rivals it is probably after man decent. Yeah, but even dissension, it's a lot of, I think, I think the overall vibe is like power, mm-hmm. like power songs. Yeah. And I feel like Secrets is just like this beautiful, like poem almost. Yeah. You know, like a, like a more um, intimate. Yeah. There's something there's something different about it. It's yeah. I don't know. Yeah, just uh anytime that they play any of the songs off the album, like um I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Like any of the, the 12 songs they played at a show, like I'm I'm beside myself. Uh obviously they always play uh the title song itself, but whenever I hear them play other songs. Like I know that they're popular and I yeah. know that they're like fan favorites, but the way Coheed really pays attention to what their fans like as opposed to what's I guess what what would make them popular. Mm-hmm. Cause you know that there's songs that like are hits, yeah. but then there are songs that you know that like fans really love. Mm-hmm. Because hits can just be something like like Welcome Home. That's that's their most successful song. Everybody knows it. Yeah, they could have written, you know, 17 Welcome Homes, but they yeah, didn't. Exactly. But when they play something like Blood Red Summer, um, Cuts Marked and March mm-hmm. of Man, like those songs are so like special to me that whenever they're played, they they have so much more emotion behind them mm-hmm. but yeah. listening listening to the album from start to finish is something that's i feel kind of hard for people that have a hard time sitting down and just not doing anything or committing to something while they're doing something else like anytime i put on secrets it's i can listen to it from start to finish yeah sometimes even restart it yeah me too mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think is your most played song? It's probably be a toss up between, uh, the title song itself, Keeping Secrets, or Three Evils. I guess full title would be Three Evils Embodied in Love and Shadow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't know where he came up with these fucking titles. But, um, those, those songs right there. Those are like heavy hitters for me. Like my favorite song of all time of 
of any band, any artist is master of puppets. Mm-hmm. And keeping secrets is on that level. I probably haven't heard it nearly as many times as, yeah. as master of puppets, but it's it definitely um, it's up there like neck and neck. Oh, uh, not necessarily being my most favorite song of all time, but it's right underneath. Yeah. What would your favorite album be? Favorite album? Yes. I, I think my favorite album is Secrets. I think I've probably listened to Dissension more than any other record. Yeah. But I think that's just because. Dissension just a fun. The, yeah. The songs are just so fun. Like yeah. they're just so fucking fun to yeah. sing and to just jam. But I definitely felt when they released Ascension and Dissension. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they knew what they were doing or if they knew ex- like exactly how like how we would feel about this like about the, the fact that oh dissension or what no yeah ascension yeah ascension is such a a great album like how are they going to top this and then <laughs> they come out with dissension and it's like oh shit it's even more yeah like way more um but but like you said uh Earlier, those songs are more like powerful songs, like very just, mm-hmm. they're energetic, they're fun to sing, um, but they don't have that artistic intimacy that Secrets has. Mm-hmm. I think just now kind of thinking about this, I was going to say, because it's not that they're less emotional because yeah. they're extremely emotional, but I think it, I, I would even say it's like a little bit less vulnerable mm-hmm. of an album. And maybe that's the difference. I feel like Secrets is more vulnerable than yeah. than Ascension or Dissension. Well, maybe. I don't know. Because you got songs in uh, Dissension, Ascension and Dissension that are very personal to, to, to Claudio mm-hmm. and, and the rest of the band. Where I feel that the secrets the album even though like it's it's still coming from claudio the the story like there's still things about it that you can tell like what was heavily influenced by him personally mm-hmm. and not just the story but it still has it does a good job of revolving around the story yeah but in in dissension with songs like Dark Side of Me, Iron Fist, yeah. like those, like whether you're a fan of the, the storyline or not, like those are just very emotional, very heavy songs. Yeah, and there's, there's in some of the other songs, there's definitely parts that you're like, you know, kind of like not in your throat, like yeah. that really hit home. Yeah. Um, like Domino, yeah, you're just you know, or for me, Hard Cell, yeah, they're still pretty emotional, mm-hmm. even though you're jamming out. No, for sure. Out. Like Welcome Home, yeah. Like I feel like that's a that's 100 a breakup album. Yeah. Uh, but that song itself, like you could have been all I wanted. Um, what was the the lyric? 
you could have been honest. honest, but you weren't honest. Now get in the ground. Mm-hmm. Like being in a breakup <laughs> situation, yeah. just like saying that to your ex significant other, and just, just yeah, fuck you. <laughs> get in the fucking ground. Die. Yeah. So good. Yeah, I feel like those. It would favorite album for sure. Secrets, but Descension is. Close second. My favorite album to jam out to. Same. Yeah. Same. What else you got? I have no idea what that is. What? Favorite lyric. You just said that. (laughs) One question for Claudio. Oh, shit. Sorry. You can ask him one question. What made him come up with the Emory Wars? Like, I know he, there's interviews where he's like touched on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just to really know, like, sit down with him, like me and you are right now, just to sit down with him and really pick his brain about like what was going through his mind, like, what kind of headspace was he in to create the Emory Wars? Mm-hmm. And not only that, but how do you continue it for so long and base your band's material off of it? Like, what what struggle does that have in itself? Mm -hmm. Because it's hard for a writer, I feel, to stick with one story and just keep on going and adding to it. On top of that, having the pressure of your band, your main band, having its lyrics its source material derived specifically from this story mm-hmm. like how, how how do you keep doing it yeah i've, I've never wondered that honestly because i'm, I'm kind of distracted because one of the dogs is snoring underneath the table i think it's this one oh. yeah um I've never thought about that because for me, it's not hard at all. Like, I know for me as a writer, you know, if somebody were to ask me, like, how did you come up with the story? Where was your headspace? Mm -hmm. I would just shrug. Like, I think sometimes stories just come to you because, well, I don't know, like you just some kind of weird spiritual like connection where you connect to this like thin veil that connects us to whatever source and you know some like mystical explanation that that we don't know we don't understand we don't know how it works um but i think creativity in general is kind of like you connecting with that line of like where like heaven and earth meet um and like channel into a greater source for me you know like the idea from my book I didn't think of it it like I don't even feel like I can take credit for that because it's just like something that you know came into my mind and evolved but if it if if one part of it just like one character just like one little tiny thought hadn't popped into my mind the story would have never been born and I think that's probably true for a lot of writers and I think it would probably be true for Claudio I don't know I've I don't think I would ask them that I think 
if anything, I would ask him, what is the story that breaks your heart? Because I feel like within a story, there are lots of stories or lots of chapters. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are some that, you know, it's just something that's always like, you know, you always just kind of feel it. Um, you know, like from my book, there's a couple of scenes that I feel like are really emotional for me that maybe some people wouldn't think, but they are because it's part of my story. Mm-hmm. Like I'm very emotionally connected to that. Um, I would be curious to know what that is for him. Yeah. You know, without me like just speculating what it could be. So pretty much like what inspired his story? No, not what inspired, but like what <laughs> what part he's the most like deeply connected to. Oh, okay. Maybe like what character or what scene or what like part of the story he's like if you the most each chapter or each album has like a yeah. chapter, which one of these is more significant to you because of the yeah the meaning of it. or which part of it or yeah. what song like what you know there's I think there's some they're just like deeper than others I'd want to yeah. know like what the deepest one is yeah that, that, that'd be a pretty cool question mm-hmm. asking because it's always with their music is like oh where did this song come from oh the main character was doing this and yeah. I'm like no nah, that's not what I'm what I mean right like what where did it really come from? Where did it originate? Yeah. Like, what were you going through mm-hmm. that made you come up with this in the story to write about it? Or what part of you is this? Yeah. <laughs> I can't read your hand. Uh, me neither. Damn. Where would you be without COVID? Where would I be without COVID? Honestly? Coheed, this goes back to what I said before, where they transcended past just being a band to mm-hmm. me, just being music. They've, without Coheed, I, I don't think I'd be as creatively open as I am today. Mm-hmm. Because when I first heard them, I was just into heavy metal. Like Metallica, Slayer, Slipknot, Avenged Sevenfold, uh, just that's all I listened to with a little bit of hip hop and rap from my childhood. But Coheed was the first obscure band I ever listened to back then, and I didn't like it at first because my the very first song I ever heard was "Welcome Home" on Rock Band One. Yeah, and that wasn't even Coheed. Like it was a cover because they didn't have the actual license to the song. So they had to give musicians to sing and play for it. Because if you go into the game and you listen to it, it doesn't really sound like Claudio. But that was my first little bit of the Coheed and Cambria world. And through that, my ex bandmates, they would tell me like, oh, you got you to listen to them. You got to give them another chance. Like, that song is like nothing compared to XYZ or this and that. And you, like this album itself is just so much more than, than what it's uh, portrayed or whatever. And 
credit to them, they're the ones that really got me into it because uh, they were such diehard fans themselves, like way more than, than me. And they they would really open my eyes as to how to experience music the way that I do now. Instead of just listening to it, they would always like point out little little tidbits here and there. Mm-hmm. But listen to the way he does this, listen to the way he alters his voice here, or listen to this little fill or mm-hmm. this little sound effect. Like before, melody or yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really breaking down each piece of, of any one song and appreciating all of it, not just the guitar, not just the vocals, but like just and the execution of it. Yeah, too. exactly. Like, like the way he does this or the way the band does this together and then they stop and break off. Yeah. It's uh, the song that comes to mind is uh, No War for Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Like that mm-hmm. song is so good. <laughs> no, understatement. Yeah. But like it starts off so strong mm-hmm. and then the middle of it, I guess the breakdown, like it just goes soft and then it explodes. Yeah. And they have other songs like it, but the aggression and the the delivery of power when it just explodes again, Mm -hmm. it just screams in your face. And it's just like, just, oh shit. There's chills, goosebumps on your arms, chills down your spine. The first time I heard that song, I was like, we need to play this song. This is such a good fucking song. I honestly feel like no other band gets the progression right as like as good as they do they just yeah. do it so well and like there's there's hundreds thousands if not millions of bands out there yeah and who's to say maybe there's some like hole in the wall band that <laughs> not very many people know of but they're way better than coheed but in the 28 years maybe 25 26 years of life that I've actually been able to consume music, I've never met, or I've never heard of another band like Kogan and Camper. Like nothing even comes close. Like there's bands that sound similar or like there's bands that kind of take elements from them. Yeah. But I've never heard anything else like what, what they do. Mm-mm. No. And to have a concept album for what, almost 20 years or more than 20 yeah it's just the it's the combination it's the combination and, and claudio himself is you know just like magic yeah um because there's a lot of really good concept bands really good ones yeah. like the deer hunter but but i mean coheed is special claudio is special yeah it's there's just something else and just the fact that like the four of them are able to agree on the fact that our music is coming from this mm-hmm. and it's coming from the front man the lead singer the one of the guitars like i feel like having that much creative force behind one person some bands wouldn't like that obviously he's not going to take credit for everything Travis, the the other guitarists, the the other bandmates, they can they have parts that they contribute 
So it's not just solely Claudio, but the main source itself is coming from Claudio's story. Yeah. Okay. So we have to pause for a little bit. Uh, bathroom break. <laughs> they wouldn't have known. Still. Because I just paused it right after, anyways. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't have been just like a sudden stop. That's why you got to pick it back up, like right into the right. conversation. Anyway. We're not roping on here. Don't look at me like that. Any homes. So, what's your first coheed experience? I don't remember. No, I don't know. I mean, I I just, like, it's been so long. Like, I remember, you know, listening to, like, Welcome Home and, like, you know, some popular songs at the time. And, like, don't get me wrong. I, I was a big Kogi fan, but I, I think I feel like I kind of rediscovered them when Ascension came out mm -hmm. because I think I, at that point, I was kind of in a different phase of my life. And I think I probably felt like Kogi hadn't quite caught up to that. Yeah. To like, you know, the new place where I was at. Um, and I think when Ascension came out, I was like, oh, like, I feel like just the timing of it. Mm -hmm. I felt like the new Kohee that I was, you know, quote unquote new, just like the new phase of my life matched with like a new album mm -hmm. after <clears throat> a while. And it just, it was like, you know just the right timing so yeah. i think I, I felt like i rediscovered them and i was like oh you know like i love Kobe, this is really good and i was like jamming and then dissension came out and i was like you know just like the image of like just throw yourself <laughs> on the floor like this is everything yeah and just because of what i was going through at that time i felt like dissension kind of just solidified that and mm -hmm. It was just an album that I could completely relate to. Um, you know, that's why I have like the hard sell tattoo. Like it's just every single song. I felt like at the time I felt like I was kind of in like a me against the world phase. Yeah. Just like everybody um, or just like getting myself into a lot of situations where I had to fight for what I knew was right. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that, you know, the, that album totally encompassed encompass that yeah so i can't remember what the question was but i that's so and man um okay so i feel like i i feel like i rediscover coheed all the time though because i did that too with our last album yeah so it's just like that. a constant it's almost like a constant re re-meeting or like re like revival re, yeah revival yeah i think for me i mean I, my first coheed experience was definitely the uh rock band mm -hmm. uh one even though like it wasn't them like it was my introduction into a taste uh, if you will for for coheed and cambria it it was different enough for me to notice it, 
but also different enough to to stay on my radar you know not that like i'm some you know fantastic musician that my opinion matters but at that time like my musical taste was so different than what coheed had to offer the fact that it was different enough for me to really pay attention and give them a try was was huge for me at that time and in touching back on the how you said you were a fan back then but then rediscovered mm-hmm. them during the Afterman albums um for me every album was a revival because i had no knowledge of them whatsoever and by the time i was a fan they already had what four or five albums mm-hmm. from second stage turbine blade all the way through uh i'm burning star four or good apollo actually good apollo is the name of both of them but the one with no world on yeah um actually one more the year the black rainbow was out at that time too and people can say that like it's it's not their best album it falls short and yeah, yeah it's it's it doesn't have that coheed feel but for me it was still like i said about them it was so different enough for me to pay attention still different enough for me to want to listen to it because mm-hmm. between that one and second stage those two albums are the hardest for me to finish like i'll start them yeah but <laughs> i feel no attachment to those to those albums but i can appreciate how they started with second stage and at that time how they were where they were at yeah. with black rainbow and just really appreciating their growth from first to current at the time yeah <clears throat> i think you know black rainbow is my least favorite mm-hmm. album for sure um but yeah i kind of agree just like just a weird a weird album just like a weird time i think kind of not just weird I don't know, I guess for them, but also like we were for me at that time period. I don't know. It just didn't. It's kind of like a distant album for me. Yeah. So it came out in 2007. Yeah. And at that time, I think I was either in eighth grade going into ninth or starting high school, mm-hmm. or I had, I was already starting high school. Um, but when I listened to them, it was it was something that was just so different. When I finally got into them, it was just entering a whole nother world. When it was in uh, 2007 or 2010. So that's all. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I literally am just looking yeah. it up because I did not think it was that year. Star 4 is uh, 2007. Yeah. yeah Black I, knew, came out in I knew it was eight figures. Yeah. Um yeah, so like my that that experience really just 
even though it was through a third party, it still opened a door to something that has stuck with me ever since. Mm-hmm. It's not just some band that I listen to on the side. It's something that is involved in my life. Yeah. Whether through the messages of of the lyrics, um, the weight that some of these lyrics have, or just the song itself in a specific moment in time. Yeah. Like what was happening in the background or what moment of my life was this song mm-hmm. part of the background? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, what's it called? What would be, what would be your favorite song to, to jam out to? I think it's Domino. Yeah. I mean, I, I was trying to think of one that would compete with Domino. Um, for those who don't know, it's off the Afterman Ascension. I don't think they'd be listening. I mean, you would have to, to know which album. But the entire title, the name of the song is Key Entity Extraction 1, Domino the Destiny. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know where they come up with these. Gravity's <laughs> Union. That's a good one. It's a good one yeah. to jam on, jam on too. <clears throat> I jam out to like Mother Superior a lot. Yeah. I fix up a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I mean, I don't really like anymore unless I'm at a show, but like Welcome Home. I mean, I definitely yeah. jammed out to that for a long time. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of some other good ones. Because there's good ones in all their albums. Oh, and Gutter. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good one. My favorite from that album. Um, mine would either oh, be. Oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> mine would either be. As much as I want to say secrets, the ending is definitely like a huge jam. But mm-hmm. for me, the 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 ending to Everything Evil off their first album, yeah, just smacks you in the face because they both have that buildup, but mm-hmm. I feel with with everything evil, it has like a slow rise to it. And then it builds and it builds and then bam, right, it just explodes. Yeah. And it's my favorite song to uh, not only jam out to, but it was the first song that I learned how to play from them. Mm-hmm. And it's always my, my go-to song. Uh, if I want to like, just get the warm-up in or just really try to tighten the, the song as much as possible. Uh, that's the one that I go to. So I, I pulled up my Spotify um, 
because I kind of wanted to see like what it actually was versus like what I think it is. And actually like the song that I've jammed out the most to, which is like, duh, it's obviously it's number city. Oh, yeah. That's actually the that's, song that I've jammed out to the most according to my Spotify list. That, so. That's just such a jam in itself. Yeah. But I, yeah, I guess I listened to Number City. Number City in the Hard Cell is the second one yeah. that I've jammed out to the most. Which, yeah, I really do. I don't, I don't have my phone, so I can't. <laughs> I can't tell um, other than that, Old Flames, I jam out to a lot. Unheavenly Creatures, mm-hmm. Blood Red Summer, Time Consumer, Keeping Secrets. Oh, yeah, those are really the songs that I jam the out to the most. Yeah. Um, from like my my like repeat list on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, Domino. But I guess if you could top three. Top three what? Top three favorite songs to jam out to. In order? Any any order. Because I know some days it's it's one more than the other. Okay, without counting secrets. Mm-hmm. Um top three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so hard. Okay, so okay, I'm just gonna say Domino. Number City. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gutter and No World. That's four. So you went one over. And <laughs> <laughs> I think those are my I think those are my top ones that I just jam out to. Yeah. Mine would definitely be same two, no um domino and number city. But I think I would probably have to go with feathers mm. for number three. Yeah. Cause like you said, uh, not including mm-hmm. secrets, yeah, because that's mm-hmm. just jam in any any second of the day. Yeah, um, yeah, feathers is such a such a huge song for me because it was one of the first ones that I was introduced to, and just the, the way that that it plays, the way like how how groovy the uh, the rhythm is. It's very easy to get into. And then the other two, obviously, are just monumental, just mammoths of songs. Yeah. One is just like a gut-punching, just in-your-face jam. The other one is such a funky vibe. And like it's That was the first time that I was like, Kohi just really threw me, like, out of my, my comfort zone with them. It was like, what's this? Like yeah. just that funky, groovy little uh, little beat that they got, and then you got like the trumpets at the end. I was like, mm-hmm. it's this is weird, but I like. <laughs> I'm into this. I just looked again because I was curious to see like my other songs that I listen to the most, and uh-huh. it's um, ten. 
10 speed and that's another good one. Um, oh, what was the other one? 10 speed and oh, sentry, sentry mm -hmm. the defiant. Um, now my, my introduction songs, uh, aside from uh, feathers, was 10 speed mm -hmm. and yeah. uh. The suffering. The suffering. Yeah, yeah. that's a, another good song. Yeah. Also, um, wake up and the running free. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, that one is this like a little keyboard or the synthesizer yeah. or whatever it's called, uh, and then the little that little fill with the guitar just blends so perfectly and then it just pops yeah right into the into the song but uh man there's yeah I, th I think that'll definitely be my, my list domino number city and feathers those are my mm -hmm. favorite songs to go to to really to really get that that coheed fix you know other than sequence Getting your coheed fix and your favorite song to like rock out to, I feel like are two totally different things for me. Well, not for me. Because I feel like when I want my coheed fix, I listen to like Mother Superior or even sometimes random reality shifts. Yeah. Um, or just something like Never Ender or, yeah. you know, like something 10 early. Speed yeah. or yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah, I, I can see where it's like two separate mm -hmm. categories, but for me, getting coheed and having like jam out songs, like for me, like it'll go hand mm -hmm. in hand. Yeah. So yeah, I, I could say that like um, if I really want that coheed experience, I'll go with like twenty one thirteen or oh, uh, twenty one thirteen. So lyric trigger, yeah. uh, time consumer. So if what whenever you're like if you're ever like trying to put somebody on coheed, what's like the song that you show secrets. them? Secrets? Yeah. Other than secrets. Other than secrets? Probably probably domino. Yeah. Because it's it's hard for somebody to go in and listen to a song like 2113. Mm -hmm. Or a favorite house Atlantic. Yeah. Or even Number City. Yeah. Like having something that's palatable as much as Domino the Destitute is, like it's really important for, for a band like Kobe and Camp. Because they started off so obscure and still are to to this day. Because listening to all of Vaxis is definitely like it's, I would say it's a required, an acquired taste. Mm. Like not everybody mm. likes dark chocolate, but the people that do really like it. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Hot> dark chocolate. <laughs> That's racist. I'm just kidding. I love dark chocolate. <laughs> it's all right. It's a, it's a good but not great. <laughs> um, but yeah. What would, if you could have 
your perfect set list at a show, what would you want it to be? Let's say that's so five hard. Songs. Five? That's not a set list. It's seven songs. Because they, they got some long ones in there. Mm-hmm. And keeping secrets. Domino. Yeah. I'm going back to those two. Yeah, yeah. Domino. Um, Number City. Mm-hmm. How many songs did they do at the... 2113. How many songs did they do at the, the show? I have no idea. I don't remember. Actually, I can look it up, but... Mm, I, I think they did like seven or eight songs. What I have four. What else did I say? Um, the Hard Cell. Mm-hmm. Five. No world. Okay, six. Six. Would I get one more? Two more. Mm. One more. Old flames. One more and an encore. Okay. That's seven. So what would your encore song be? Encore? Yeah. Hmm. Welcome home. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's... How, how do you go to a cooking show not not have welcome home? Awesome. Even though I always expect them not to. I'm like, oh, yeah. they're, they're not going to keep doing it. But I mean, then it's like, but when they do it, it's just like. Yeah, oh man, it's, that's it's, such a great it's, it's a great experience to see it. But and I know that that's their go-to. Every band has a go-to to have to close with. Yeah. But for me, it's like he does the same thing. I feel like it probably gets old after a while. I mean, it's that's just my speculation. But if I go to a COVID show, if I go to 10 COVID shows, I can always guarantee that they're going to come back with Welcome Home. Mm-hmm. Very rarely do they not end it with Welcome Home. Because um, they'll either play it and then lead on to another song. But I think the way that they did at the last show that I saw, they played Welcome Home and I think they played uh, You Got Spirit Kid afterwards. Mm-hmm. Or could have been reversed. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, I'm looking. Um, I like my playlist. I don't know the light in the glass. Yeah. Just like something that's like not that you know that I hear all the time. Yeah. Too. If at all. Yeah. I think the only time you ever hear that song was on the Never Ender Door. Yeah. Um, for me, it would be obviously Secrets, Domino. I would do. I know what my uncle would be. Sorry. Huh? I know what my uncle would be. What would it be? Here to Mars. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Secrets, Domino, No World. Um, Gravity's Union. Mm-hmm. Here we are, Juggernaut. Mm-hmm. Feathers. 
and everything evil with the encore being hmm. oh it's not really part of their lineup but it is I know what you're gonna say deranged wait I don't know what you're gonna yeah. say it's, or, uh, are you gonna say something from colors huh we're gonna say something from colors no Color. no um there was uh deranged is a song they did for one of oh, the yeah. Batman games. Yeah. Has nothing to do with the Amory Wars or anything, but just the song itself mm. is such a good song. Such an underrated Coheed song because it's not like widely available. I think it's like you either own the soundtrack to the game or you have to look it up on YouTube because it doesn't really mm. pop up on anything unless they have the rights to it. But yeah, they're just like the back and forth perspectives of Batman and the Joker. There is no me without you. Like it's such a such a heavy song. Cause you don't even know have to like know the the story between Batman and Joker. It could be you and like your demon, yeah. you and something that you struggle with. And just the at the very end where he does the the Joker laughs, it is like really just brings it home yeah. oh yeah that, that would be my own course song nice yeah so we've about ready to wrap this one up yeah i think we're done um, signing off <laughs> so in case we forgot to to say it in the beginning my name is aaron and this is carolina uh she mentioned that she was an author do you want to plug your book? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Um, check out The Lightworkers on Amazon. There you go. I've only read a little bit of it, but so far it's really good. I'm not Thanks, an avid man. reader, but it's, uh, so far it's, it's good. Um, yeah, you should definitely check it out. Also, I'm going to add these um, playlists, you know, like just what we talked about mm -hmm. for our show. Um, I'll make playlists for every episode. Yeah, like the songs that we uh, that we talk about. Yeah, mentions. Yeah, or at least for this episode, <laughs> I'll do it for. I'll just put the albums. Um, but yeah, you can follow me on Spotify at Carolina Perez Art. I don't have Spotify anymore. <laughs> it was giving me problems. No I, I use YouTube Music like a like a pilgrim. <laughs> no, it's not too bad. Oh wait, wait. Right. And Instagram. Oh, yeah. Hashtag Coheed and Hummus. Yes. Check us out. That is our Instagram handle. Subscribe that, below. That was our talk. <laughs> Subscribe <laughs> below. Follow for more tips and tricks. <laughs> <laughs> Turn on a little bit of notifications. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's the podcast, guys. Uh, that's the first one of a few. This is only going to be a limited series. And who knows, maybe we'll keep on going and talking more coheed later on down the line after the albums. Yeah. So, so we'll see what what uh what comes our way. Cool. Peace out. <laughs>